It's about time because we're going there. Well, friends, welcome back to another episode of We're Going There. I've been saying this in all of our bonus episodes after season three, but let me say it again for all the folks in the back. There is more in season four. Hello. Come on. But in all seriousness, can I let you know just how honored I am that you are in this space and place with me? Whether you are cooking a meal, on the treadmill, or stuck in traffic, we get to spend the next couple of minutes together chatting, and I am so honored that you're here. This season will be chock full of amazing guests, some cool solo podcasts discussing topics like social media, failure complex, and understanding purpose, and of course, back by popular demand, the Tuesday truths are revived and alive. Yep, every Tuesday we'll upload a three to five minute word of encouragement straight up out of the word of God. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any of the fun. Today, we are literally going there because we're talking about letting go of fear. Today's guest is Sadie Robertson Huff. And yes, she is young, but oh, so wise. Before we hop into the conversation, I want to unpack the topic a little bit from a pastoral perspective. I know not all listeners from the show are followers of Jesus, but bear with me because my perspective is that of faith. And I believe this might help you understand practically and spiritually what is at play when it comes to fear and anxiety. What is fear? Fear is a normal reaction that warns our bodies to be careful. Anxiety is a type of fear, dealing more with worry and the future rather than fearing something that is in the present. Fear and anxiety are normal feelings, but when they become a pattern in our lives, that's when it becomes a problem. There's no shame in this, but we can't ignore it. Think if your kitchen sink was plugged up and backed up. Would you ignore it? No, you would address it. The same is true about addressing fear and anxiety. When fearfulness causes harm to psychological and mental stability, don't ignore it. When anxiety becomes a debilitating thing that leaves you cowering and sick, don't push it away. I've learned that it's very important to understand what fear is and how it works against us. Because if we don't understand what fear is and its tactics against us, it can keep us from becoming who God has called us to be and who God has created us to be. In essence, we won't fulfill our purpose. And let me be straight up with you. Fear has an evil scheme. Fear is a tool of the devil used against us to make us miserable and destroy our lives. Straight up, plain and simple. It begins as a thought and it creates emotions that can rule us. It often becomes a strong, intense feeling that tries to move us to make foolish actions or decisions that prevent us from doing something that would actually be good for us. Because it's such a common way that Satan attacks people's lives, one theologian, one Bible scholar said that it's almost as if there's a master spirit that he uses to manipulate people and keep them out of the will of God. It's a spirit of fear spirit of anxiety. Simply put, fear is the opposite of faith. God wants us to walk by faith and Satan wants us to walk by fear. When we learn how to walk by faith and not let fear rule our lives, we can begin to live a life that is fulfilling, satisfying, peaceful, and joyful in Jesus Christ. Note, I did not say perfect. I did not say fearless. I said that it would bring a sense of fulfillment that was satisfying, peaceful, and we could experience true joy in Jesus. Like I've said before, fear begins with a thought. Proverbs 23, 7 says that as a man thinks in his heart, so he is. I like to say it in the BIV version, the Bianca International version, where the mind goes, the woman follows. Where the mind goes, the man follows. The following five steps might be some easy tips and tactics to get rid of fear and anxiety that rules your life. Step one, identify your fear. The first step can be the hardest one, but it's absolutely the most necessary. You can't overcome a fear that remains hidden in the dusty regions of your subconscious. You must face it. To help you face your fear and anxiety, try taking a moment to identify 
maybe even journal uh, over a period of one or two weeks. Record any patterns that you notice. Do your hands turn clammy and your stomach clenches when you hear the doorbell? Do you experience more symptoms of anxiety in the morning or in the night? What are you feeling during certain moments or conversations or things that are said? What do you tend to do when fears arise? Jot down anything that seems significant. Transferring your fear patterns and symptoms into writing can help you demystify them. They are no longer big and insurmountable. In fact, you're identifying them in the same way that you would a person. Once you learn about your fear, once you identify your fear, you'll have a concept and idea of how to fight back against it. Number two, speak to yourself. Your words and thoughts can magnify your fears, making your situation seem much more worse than it actually is. Instead of letting your thoughts lead you down dark corridors of fear, purposely use it for overcoming fear. Speak to yourself. You can do this internally if you don't want people to think you're crazy. Or you could be like me and say it out loud because you don't care what people think and all you want is for God to hear you loud and proud. What do you say to yourself? Well, I'm glad that you asked. I'll give you my internal script. Bianca, you need to check yourself. God is on the throne and you're going to be fine. And you are not abandoned. Side note, abandonment is a big trigger for me. So I have to constantly remind myself this thing that I tell myself. Bianca, you are not alone and God is with you. He has gone before you and he is making a way. Feel the fear, but remember you aren't controlled by your fear. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The way that we overcome fear is by speaking to ourselves and reminding ourselves of the truth. Number three, calm your brain waves. Your fear and anxiety arise out of a certain part of your brain and they allow emotion to overcome rational thought. The visual I want to give you right now is like crashing waves on our California beaches. By and large, week by week and month to month, there's little waves that crash on the shore and they aren't threatening. But during a storm or during crazy seasons, we can see waves crashing on the California sandy beaches up to 12 feet high. When fear feels huge, like frightening waves, try to calm the waves down. This will require a different part of your brain. You will have to rationally calm yourself down. Let's think about this on a number scale. A nurse in a clinic might ask a patient to rate his or her pain on a scale of 1 to 10. Use this scale for your anxiety. How anxious are you when 1 is perfectly calm and 10 is your very worst symptom? Stop and analyze it. Okay, what do you rate your fear at? A 7? Great, I'm glad you identified that. Now you can work on lowering that to a 3 or a 4. Well, how do we do that? I'm so glad you asked because those are our last two steps. Number 4. Mindful breathing. Breathing is more important than you think. Usually anxiety begins with short breaths. The short breaths cause a number of negative reactions in our body, which quickly become an anxiety attack. The key to overcoming those fast outbreaks of anxiety is to control your breathing. Fortunately, deep breathing is not complicated and it's absolutely free. Once you've recognized that you're becoming fearful, stop and focus on your breathing. Breathe in and then slowly breathe out. In fact, let's practice that right now. Let's breathe in for four, three, Two, one, pause, breathe out for four, three, two, one. Friends, this isn't some psychological trick. Deep breathing forces your body to physically calm itself. It's letting you know you are okay. Then we can utter what the poet says in Psalm 150 verse six, let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Lastly, number five, speak the truth. I'm not sure you've noticed this, but in each section of our steps, I folded in the truth of God's word. Why? Because Isaiah says you keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you 
For us to be mindful of Jesus and to speak his truth allows us to cast our cares upon him. Why? Because he cares for us. See, I gave you another scripture. What am I, a pastor? (laughs) I believe that we can find peace and calm when we vocalize the truth about who is our protector, who is our guide, and who is our defender. Scripture is clear on the power of meditating on the word of God and having our minds renewed, like Paul says in Romans 12 too. Meditating means you roll the scripture over and over in your mind until it becomes part of you. Meditation takes information and turns it into revelation. I'm going to say that again for the note takers. Meditation takes information and turns it into revelation. When you get revelation about something, then you know that you know that you know that you know it. And the truth of it sets you free from the lie that is holding you back from something God has for you. Fear is a liar, but God's word is true. Our guest today has spoken and written about fear many times. She's brave and bold and beautiful from the inside out. Sadie and I have some fun memories together that I can't wait for you to hear. But first, I'm adding a clip for dramatic effect from her team member, Stephanie, who told me that right before this interview, they almost died. When I say Sadie is brave and fearless, I mean it. Okay, I thought it would be a really fun idea to take Morgan and Sadie on a Jeep ride. and Because Sadie has a really cool Jeep. So I was like, let's take your top off. I'll take the top off your Jeep. We're going to go on a Jeep like ride at lunch break and just get fresh air. We're going to blast some music like you need it. Like Let's get out. Let's go drive the streets of Monroe, Louisiana and just take in everything. And when I was here a couple months ago for Bella's wedding, I randomly, my boyfriend and I found this real ex-boyfriend. We found this, (laughs) no, but we found this beautiful, like, um, recreational area. And it was actually this like hidden gem. And I was like, I'm going to take you to this place in your town. You've never been to, and it's awesome. Well, I made a couple wrong turns and we ended up on some dirt road we've never been to. And I'm not kidding. There was a guy coming out of the bushes with a knife. I told you Sadie and her friends were crazy. Sadie Robertson Huff is a reality TV star turned writer, podcaster, and speaker. But her most notable accomplishment most recently is becoming Honey's mom. Honey is her new baby girl that I am besotted with. I hope you love Sadie and Honey as much as I do. I want to give a quick shout out to our Simply Earth Essential Oil partners. They make this podcast happen and they have taught me how to make my house just one step closer to being toxin free because of the recipes that they provide in their Simply Earth Essential Oil recipe box. If you're anything like me, you probably have several unused mounting essential oils that you tried to be hippy dippy and make great toxin free cleansing agents, but it kind of piled up because you don't know what to do. No worries. The Simply Earth Essential Oil Recipe Box helps you gain confidence and clarity in using essential oils to help make your home toxin-free. Here's how it works. One, receive a recipe box with four pure essential oils, six recipe cards, and extras. Two, learn how to use your essential oils while making your recipes created by certified aromatherapists. And three, save money and detoxify your life. Using essential oils to support your wellness doesn't have to be overwhelming. Have fun making your home toxin-free with Simply Earth Essential Oils Recipe Box. Plus, you get a free 80 milliliter diffuser when you subscribe using our URL, simplyearth.com backslash we're going there. Sadie, I cannot wait to welcome you to the show. This is a long time coming, a long time coming. 
It is. I know. I love your podcast. I've been seeing your podcast and I'm like, one day I know I'm going to be on and we're going to have a blast. But even if I wasn't, I love Listen, your podcast. You want to know something? Okay. This is where it all comes out. See, I actually, I actually prepared for this interview when we're already going rogue. This is going to be a good episode. So I, okay. So I was believing season one. So you're kicking off season four. I'm very excited. But for season one, I did a promo and I said, these are going to be our guests. And I said, Sadie Robertson. Well, yeah, but here's the thing. I didn't get your permission for that. And I realized I was like, oh gosh, I'm saying that Sadie's going to be on the podcast and we didn't even ask her <laughs> for permission. And like, so here's the thing. Um, we shot out an email a long time ago and it was like such a crazy time for you. So I love that we get to bring you on as season opener for season four, because now I feel like I know what I'm doing. So thank you. <laughs> Aw, well, I'm sure you are absolutely crushing it. And honestly, I would have totally approved that because I feel like it would only be natural right? to be on each other's Hello. podcast. We're friends. Exactly. And so, yeah, no, I, I'm so excited to finally be on season four. Let's kick it off. I, I'm stoked. I love it. Okay. So as I was preparing for the interview, I um, was writing out some questions and I'm like, okay, where do we want to go? What's, what's best going to highlight Sadie? And then I was thinking about the first time that we met. So we met, gosh, this was like five years ago, Washington, D.C., at a roundtable discussion to discuss so global issues with Bono's organization one. Do you remember that? Yes. And actually, when you were like, we, when we first met and I was like trying to think, I was like, was it if gathering? Was no. it like was the, the obvious things? And no, it wasn't. It was in Washington, and you know, okay, okay. And we ended up being in the cab. Together. I was just, I literally, it's in my notes. I said, back of taxi, exchange numbers, and we kept in touch. <laughs> We did. I remember because I got an Instagram and I said, Hey guys, we're about to go into this big meeting. Can y'all pray for us? And I remember you looked at me and you're like, that was really cool that you just asked me to pray. And I I was like, yeah. And then that's how we became friends. That's awesome. (laughs) Okay. And then, so then we exchanged phone numbers in the back of the cab. And a few months later, I invited you to a conference in Texas, in Austin, Texas. And I said, so random Sadie, but come be my guest. And like side note, I even offered um, to have you stay in my hotel room, which I'm so glad you didn't. Cause that's kind of creepy. Cause we didn't really know each other. And you stayed at your cousin's which, house. <laughs> I don't even know. I should have taken you up on that. I could have learned like great makeup skills <laughs> and we could have had a blast. Oh. So that, that was on me. <laughs> and then, then we went to Israel to record some Bible studies with right now media. Yep. That was just insane. That was amazing. And I'll never forget. You actually taught me a lesson that trip that you probably don't even Wait, know or even remember. You? No, what? Okay. We were, do you remember we were on the bus and we were going into a different, you know, place and that military um, lady came on the bus and it was very intimidating. And she had this gun in her hand and she, remember she took it off safety and all of our hearts kind of dropped. And I was like, okay, this is where it ends. Well, (laughs) at least it's in Israel and we're going out with the holy land purpose. (laughs) Yeah. In the holy land. Well, she gets off and you said, oh no, I knew we weren't going to die because there is too much destiny on this bus. And I just thought that was the funniest thing ever but your confidence in that moment was it made it such a light moment and so funny and I'm like I want to be that person in stressful situations where everyone's a little bit panicked just saying the thing that's like so trusting in God and makes everyone laugh and it was really cool and I've told so many people that story I want to take a moment and thank our friends from BetterHelp for sponsoring this program if you know me you know I love some good therapy Going to therapy doesn't mean there's something wrong with you. It means that you're investing in yourself to keep your mind healthy. 
let's think about this in some analogies. We get oil changes for our car to prevent big issues. We go to the doctors or go to the gym to take care of our bodies. And we do chores around our house to avoid a messy house. I mean, let's hope so. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist. So you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you could start communicating with your therapist in under 48 hours. Why invest in anything else and not your mind? This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and we're going there, listeners. Get 10% off their first month at betterhelp.com slash WGT. That's betterhelp.com slash WGT for we're going there. I, I have chills. I'm a little emo. I have like a lump in my throat. So <laughs> this, yeah. It was on that trip. So on that trip, I'm talking about your destiny and some confidence, but on that trip, you know what I saw about you? I saw this young woman who was so passionate for the word of God and you spoke, we prepare so differently. And I remember, Mm -hmm. shout out to Steph. Steph was with you on that trip and you were like um, ideating and thinking and preaching externally at the same time. And it was documented on notes for you. And I remember thinking, Mm -hmm. this girl is just hearing from God. (laughs) She's hearing from God and she's speaking like a divine download. Okay. So then from Israel, then I invite you to jail. (laughs) Oh yes. Which was probably my favorite adventure with you. That was just the best. I, oh, oh, I was so glad you invited me to that. That was the best experience and meeting those women was just the best. Okay. Fearless friend, Sadie, you didn't even, I don't want to make this up, but like you didn't even bat an eye. You didn't be like, well, let me talk to my people or let me think about this. Let me pray fast. You were just like, yes, like, yes, we're going in. And I was just like, this girl is the real freaking deal. So, well, thank you. I'm honored. I'm honored that you're on the show today. And can I say what a joy it has been to get to know you, your relationship with your husband, Christian, you're now a mom. So I am so honored to spend a little bit of time talking to you today. Thank you. I am so excited. I, I love you. I really do look up to you in so many ways and so many things that you have said that you don't even realize have been pivotal for me. And I, I wish you have heard so many times I've told people there is too much destiny and told of Bianca <laughs> right. told me this one time. Right. So I love it. And even <laughs> just your invite to jail, seeing what you do there and seeing what you do on a daily basis, you're the real deal. And I'm, I'm grateful to get to be a part of some of those things and hopefully to continue that in the future. I love that. I love that. Okay. So I want people to get to know you. You, you talk quite a bit about, um, first of all, you live very brave and you talk a lot about letting go of fear. Now, when you look at Sadie Robertson Huff, you don't think fear. I mean, from reality TV to dancing with the stars to heading into jails in Texas, you don't strike me as someone who really wrestles with fear. Girl, you smile all the way through the valley of the shadow of death and Sadie fears no evil. Okay. So why, oh why talk about fear in the way that you do? I actually, that is so funny. I am definitely, I've struggled with fear for a long, long time. Mm. And I don't even say struggle with fear anymore because I think fear is almost a part of being human. Like things are going to be scary. And I think for so long, I felt like guilty for being afraid because people say, well, do you know how many times in the Bible God says, do not be afraid? And I'm like, yes, I'm aware. I I am aware. I read it. I see it. And, but I'm like, but, but I'm still afraid. And so for me, I finally like kind of read the stories from my, myself 
myself of all the times that God said, like, do not be afraid. And I realized that God, he never shamed anyone for being afraid. He didn't come to people and he's like, why are you afraid? Are you crazy for being afraid? Like, it's so obvious. You shouldn't be afraid. No, he actually like had compassion. Like it was it's understood why they were afraid, but he still affirmed them that you don't have to be afraid. And he always followed that by saying, because I am with you. And so gave them a reason that they didn't have to fear. And I think that's for me, it's like, yes, I sometimes get afraid. And like a lot of times that looks like a form of anxiety. And sometimes that has been panic attacks. But like in the midst of my fear, I can continue to say yes to God because I know when I say yes, he's going to meet me in that. And so like dancing with the stars, that was absolutely terrifying. However, like I knew God was going to meet me there and he did. And even when you asked me to, you know, go to jail and talk to those women, it was really intimidating because, you know, I was like, <laughs> I don't really know what I have to say that's going to be super encouraging. And will they even want to listen? But I was like, but I'll say yes, because mm. I know that that's what God would want me to do. And I know Jesus is going to be with me. And it's not actually about me. You know, God mm. is going to meet those women and, and maybe through me. And that's amazing. And so I think when you realize like your life, you know, is about something bigger than yourself, you can say yes to things that scare you, but that give God so much glory. And you think about Moses, like it scared him to go back to Egypt, but God's like, but I, it's, it's not you going back. I am who I am and I'm going back with you. Think about Joshua. He's like, be strong, Christmas. Do not be afraid. Do not be terrified because I'm going to walk with you. And then Joshua had to go into all these battles, but he had God with him. Gideon, he's like, hey, I know you're afraid because look, look, things ain't looking too good for you right now. You are the weakest, but I'm going to be with you. And so, you know, I kind of just stopped letting fear be my excuse. Listen, I have a little, I have a little white hanky here that I'm waving because girl, you fixing to preach. Okay. Oh, I boy. wish people saw this because literally, I don't know why I have this white handkerchief <laughs> on my desk, but I'm waving it, girl. Preach, preach on, preacher. I thought you just like carry that with you. Oh, um, that would be funny. It's actually be... randomly, it's a dinner napkin. I don't know that what it's doing on my desk. Clearly, I'm so napkin. professional. I'm so professional, but the Lord knew I needed to wave a hanky for you, sister. You needed it. That's hilarious. Listen, I love. I just love your yes. And I'll be honest with you, when when I was like, I'm going to invite Sadie to jail. And you said yes, which you didn't even think about it. And when you got there, I was like, we have murderers, thieves, <laughs> drug dealers. And it wasn't until we rolled up that day where I was just like, I really hope Sadie resonates with these girls because it's a different demographic than sweet, dimple-faced Sadie, you know? Girl, for those that were not there that day, I will say as an observer, as someone who's raised in church, as someone who's passionate about the word of God, I watched you teach. I watched you preach. I watched you break down the word in such a way that you knew the word. Your yes wasn't because you were trying to um, gain influence or do something good. Your yes was because you were obedient to God. And girl, you got thugs. You got mean mug and crips. You got, you got some gangbangers. And they were with you. I mean, you brought the house down. You brought the house down. And I I just feel like I need people to know it's not something that you just penned on a piece of paper or typed on a laptop. Mm -hmm. This is something that you really believe. And I just, I'm obsessed with it. Um, Another word that just pops out is this word live. 
Um, so you have live original, you have your podcast, you have books. So much of this word live is like part of you. So um, how do you define live on purpose and how do people achieve that young and old? Cause I do believe Sadie, yeah. like, yes, you're young, but your message, you reaching young and old, black and white, Asian, Haitian, Eurasian men, women. So why do you think that so many people struggle to live on purpose? Yeah, it's a great, great question. And live is such an important word to me because I think that everyone, obviously, everyone who's alive was given life, right? And life sometimes, because it was just given to you, it it's like a temptation almost, or not even a temptation. It's almost like a blindness for us to just coast through it. Mm-hmm. Christine uh, talks about this a lot about like drifting, how like you don't even realize you're drifting, but you just drift. You don't even realize you're coasting, but you're just coasting. You're waking up every day. You're not even thinking about the people you're around. You're not even thinking about how you could, you know, become a better version of yourself. You're not even thinking about the fact that like you have this amazing gift of life and live is actually a verb. Like you actually have to have action behind living. And so like life is given, but to live is an action. And so I really like encouraging people with that, that, Hey, like you actually have to wake up. You have to actually have to ask God to open your eyes to see and your ears to hear and your heart to be responsive responding to God every single day to live on purpose and to live your life like it has meaning. And um, I think too many times we just, you know, are spiritually asleep and we're not realizing that there's a life in front of us to live. We also have this thing in our generation that they're literally calling purpose anxiety, where we get so anxious about what our purpose is that like, we don't even live our purpose because we're too anxious about what our purpose even is. And I just want to simplify the idea of purpose for people that your purpose isn't a platform. Your purpose isn't a position. Your purpose isn't some far off mysterious thing that you're going to wake up one day and automatically have your purpose is already given and Mm -hmm. it's to love God and it's to love people and how whenever you start living intentionally you actually start living on purpose and I'll tell you it's really cool that you said that about even just knowing the word um and when I was in that moment in uh, prison because you're right like there's all types of different people there and I was thinking like what do I have to offer in this moment like I like do not and you went first and you were so funny and you're making everybody laugh and you were preaching and I was like oh lord uh I don't know if I give me that anointing god but I realized like I don't have to have anything other than the word because the word is active and alive because and there's so many times in my life where I hide behind the shadow of God's wing and I'm like I don't know what I have to offer but I know your word is powerful enough to break chains to heal people to make people the blind see and so honestly I use that as something whenever I'm nervous whenever I'm afraid when I'm not feeling confident I'm like that's okay because God's word is enough. And when I preached that day, I preached on the prodigal son. And it's a story that so many of us who grew up in church just know. And we just know it so well that we actually don't realize how amazing it is. Now I preached that in prison and so many women came up to me after and they were crying and they're like, I've never heard that story before. And like, that's me. And I have like, like kept that with me for so long. I actually wrote my book live. And that's how I started my book with that moment in prison, because like, I wish everybody had the opportunity to hear that for the first time, whenever they felt like they were the son in the story, because we've all been there. And so I think even living on purpose kind of goes to that whole idea of we know things so well that sometimes we fail to realize how amazing it is. We know we have life. We, you know, that's just what we've been given, but we don't realize how awesome it is. And when you realize it and you start being intentional about it, then your life starts to be lived on purpose.
Friends, I'm so excited to welcome our new supporter, Thistle Farms. Thistle Farms is an incredible nonprofit that provides housing, healing, and employment for women survivors of trafficking, prostitution, and addiction. So you know that's close to my heart. Women live completely free with custom health care and trauma therapy so they can focus on healing. While in the program, women learn job and leadership skills by working with social enterprise, making candles, and beautiful body products. The money from each sale of the products helps cover the cost of the program while women build up their savings to restart their lives. Their cause is beautiful and powerful, and I hope you like their products as much as I do. You can find out more at thistlefarms.org. When you check out, enjoy a special 15% discount by using the code GOINGTHERE so they know B sent you. Ah, oh, listen, I feel like we need to go back to prison is what we need to do. We need we to go do. back and we need there. To continue to do this because this, I, I love, I actually, I didn't even know that story. I mean, I didn't know that that was in your lit book. I, yeah. I'm two books behind because I just got this book. I know people can't see it, but in my hands is Live on Purpose, your brand new devotional. So it's 100 devotions on letting go of fear and following God. I mean, you are literally living this out, Sadie, and- I haven't read Live, but I am reading my 100 devotions, which I'm excited about. Okay, so the, the thing that I loved about this is letting go of fear and following God. So we all struggle with fear, especially as we, um, you, seasons change. We're coming out of a pandemic. People are questioning their jobs. People are questioning their rela- relationships and people are fearful of the future. So what mm-hmm. are some topics that in this devotional, well, first of all, I think you could do so many things. You really are so talented. You're a multi-talented woman. And yet you paused and took time to write a devotional. So before I get to um, the why of the purpose behind the book, I want to know, like, what made you want to do a devotional? Yeah. Well, to be honest, like devotionals are something that I feel like I need in my own life. Like the other day, um, I was just kind of, you know, becoming a mom is crazy and life is so busy and life is already busy and we're all busy, right? It's not like it's any different than anybody else. We just have full schedules. And I was like, okay, I'm kind of struggling like to find that time where I just sit down and read the word. And I used to like always, I just love the word. I love to read the word. It wasn't really a struggle. And I'd tell people that when they ask me like, how do I find time? I'm like, you just make time. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. And I'm like, okay, but for real, like how do I even make time? <laughs> and so the other day I went over to my bookshelf and I saw I had the Awakened Bible Study by Priscilla Shire I had never gone through. And I was like, oh, perfect. I'm going to go through this. And it's like uh, 90 devotions or something for hearing the voice of the Lord. And so I started reading it and I started to think, wow, like this is so cool because this is going to be that for other people. Like people Mm -hmm. who are like, okay, I'm kind of struggling in my life right now. Like I'm not, you know, I'm seeing the word, but I'm not really digesting the word. I'm not really understanding how it applies to my life or I'm not making time to really, you know, sit down and read things that I feel like, you know, are my daily bread. This is going to be that book for them. You know, just like Mm -hmm. I went over and picked up Priscilla's book whenever she had the words to write up. Hopefully people can go and say, oh, there's Sadie. You know, I can pick up her words because I know she's going to lead me to Jesus. And I think it's going to be that transformative moment where they're not just reading words on a page, but it's actually transforming their life. This book is really simple. It is so simple. Like a 13-year-old could read it or a 60-year-old could read it and get the same message that we're called mm-hmm. to live on purpose. It is a lot of things that a ta- concept that's talked about in the book Live and in the book Live Fearless packed into a hundred days of like actually putting action behind it. And so like I said, super simple, but I think something that not many of us actually let transform us. And if we do, we're going to see a much better world and a much more active place. Yeah. So <clears throat> when we talk about that, like, um, what are some, some, some tips or topics that 
can speak directly to people about this. Cause I know th this is the thing that I love is that you took content that really resonated with people in your books, but you distilled it. You concentrated it, you made it into bite-sized forms, and then you um, allowed us to digest it in smaller doses. Mm -hmm. So what was maybe like one to topic or one thing that you would, that when you were writing the book, you're like, oh, wow, I think this is really going to bless somebody. I think this is cool. So this is kind of a new concept that wasn't in the past two books, but the way that the book starts, I have my devotional. I don't know if people can see us, but the way that it starts is it's going through like, so I love the Enneagram and it's like types of people, right? Like nine types of people so made of like types of people and like sometimes how we let fear control our life and why we don't live on purpose. And so like, um, for instance, like we have the runaway. Okay. And like, this was like a story on Jonah, how Jonah like chose to run away from the call that God had on his life, but God, kept pursuing him. And maybe that's you. Maybe you felt like God has called you something, but you're like completely running from it. Okay. Well, God's not going to stop pursuing. So let's stop for a minute and like ask God what he's doing. The next one is like to prove it. And those are like, okay, like Gideon. Okay. If this is really you guys, then prove it. Like show me this tomorrow. I want this thing to be damp, you know? And it's like, well, he did. Well, and I, I encourage people like, you don't need God to prove it. He's already proved it by his word. But maybe you're that person. You're like, if God would just prove it. And I'm like, okay, let's lay aside that, you know, prove it mentality. And let's just believe God for who God is. It goes on to say like the halfway listen. That's like Saul, the who, wait, me moment. That's like Moses. He's like, I, I don't even speak well. Like, why me? The I've got this guy who's like really doesn't have it. And you actually need to let God. And then it ends with like um, the move maker. And that's like who we all want to be. And those are like the people in the Bible, like Ananias, who was afraid to go lay hands on Saul, but he did anyways, because God called him to do that. It's like Mary who carried Jesus in her womb, even though like she was, you know, judged by other people of being like, are y'all even married? Like it's the <laughs> ones who are like, you know, all right, no matter what happens, no matter what I face, no matter what anyone says about me, I'm doing this because the Lord called me to it. And so the book starts like that. And so I think from the start, you can kind of identify, okay, where am I with the purpose that God has for me? And how how do I, you know, lay aside my fear, lay aside that, you know, prove it mentality, lay aside my pride to actually just follow God and live on purpose. So I'm excited for that because I feel like that's just a different way of looking at it. And I think people are going to identify with one of those and hopefully it can really weed those things out of their life. One of the things that I just love seeing is, um, well, actually, let me talk about one of my greatest regrets in our friendship is you invited me to your wedding. We booked tickets. We made hotel reservations and we couldn't go. Oh, I was still, so sad. That was like a biggest regret. And I was going to do a favor for you. Do you remember <laughs> reaching out to My me? My extensions. <laughs> Y'all, listen. Tell that story, this please. Was like a <laughs> This was like a girl coming to a girl's rescue. So, um, you know, if you're a bride or you're engaged, I will say like, just be okay with the fact that not everything is going to go as planned. And someone had given me that advice. And so I really handled this moment a lot better than I, I probably would have had uh, I not had this advice. So the day before, two days before I was getting married, I was like getting my hair dyed, which also a bad idea. But I was trying to like, you know, make everything look fresh. And the this girl was like, hey, your extensions kind of have this like red tint to them. So like, do you care if I like highlight them more blonde? In which I didn't even notice the red tint, but I still like let her do it. Okay, next thing we know, all of my extensions turn completely pink. <laughs> pink, like, like, like pink, pink. And that is not the look I was going for for my wedding day. So I was like, okay, they're ruined. And my hair was like 
like my hair is fine, but it with the look that I wanted to have, it's like princess bun. Like it was not gonna work without extensions. So I was like, who would be able to do this? I'm like Bianca, because first <laughs> of all, you lived in like Los Angeles area, and second of all, if anyone cared about my hair, it would be you. And so yes. I hit you up, and you were gonna do it, and then it, you were able to make it. That was so sad, but the hair worked out. And hey, we're so great. And you look beautiful. You and you, you got to see it from afar. Well, thank <laughs> you. That was so funny. <laughs> Okay. So before, so I'm glad that their greatest regret is done and hopefully there no, nothing will top that one. But yeah. I think one of the beautiful things that I've seen in the transition of your life is not just go from single girl to dating girl, to engaged girl, to married girl, but now you are like, you a full woman, you are a full mom. And when we talk about seasonal changes, the idea of you being fearless as you step into this I, I just don't want people to know your width and your breath, though you're young, you have so much experience and so much wisdom. So talk to me a little bit about what has been some things where you've really had to depend on the Lord to be fearless in this new season as a mom. Totally. Oh man. Motherhood definitely brings out new fears and a new, um, just a totally different kind of fear. Cause now it's not even about yourself. It's about someone that you love more than you can even words can express. Yeah. However, I feel like God really taught me something when I was pregnant that prepared me for um, having honey just and being her mom. So I got pregnant and I'm so excited. I was like freaking out, like, oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. I had the whole thing. And then like a week later, I was like, so scared. I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm pregnant. And I was so happy, but I was like, so afraid. I was like, what if something happens to her? Like, what if this is a bad pregnancy? What if, what if, what if, what if, what if all the what ifs in the world. And I just like, could not even rejoice anymore because I was so afraid and I felt so guilty. I felt so guilty because I was like, why am I not rejoicing? Why am I not so grateful? Why am I not so happy? Because like, I like, this is everything I want. Like this, like, I'm so happy. Like I knew my heart was like what I truly believe is I was happy. I was grateful. I would be rejoicing, but fear was just like rampant. And like, I could only think about the things I was afraid of and the what ifs. And so I opened up to my Bible study group about it. And I was like, I remember that day, like my heart was like pounding and I was like, yo, I just feel like I need to like get this out in the open, like, cause this has been like controlling my thoughts. And I think that's a message in and of itself about how like your thought life can just be like so consuming and thoughts and lies from the enemy can just like completely invade your space. But like when you confess and whenever you open your mouth and speak it out, it's amazing the peace and it's amazing mm. how God can just rush in and meet you in that moment. So and I just kind of just confessed this to my my small group of people. And I was like, I have been so afraid. And like, I want to rejoice and I want to be grateful because I am and I want to be happy, but I'm like so scared. And um, they prayed over me and my sister-in-law was there. And she told me, Sadie, she was like, she's like, what do you think like is causing you the most fear? I was like, it's just because like, I can't help her right now. Like she's just inside of me. Like if I could just see her, like if I could just help her, like right now it's like totally, you know, I, I feel like I can't do anything. And she said, no, she said, cause as soon as that baby's born, you're going to have a million different fears. And then she's going to be a teenager. Then you're going to have a way a more whole fears. Lot of level like, fears. You're <laughs> always going to have fear. And she said, if you don't, you know, handle this right now, then it's always going to be like this. And so I remember one day I just got on my knees and I said, God, like, I love this baby so much, but the amazing thing that I know to be true is that you love her as far as it was her. You love this baby more. And I was like, which is a wild thought to me, but I know that you do. And I also know that this is the safest place that she can be and just 
in your presence. And so I just like started praying this and I just literally surrendered her to him. And it was like the most powerful thing I could have done. And I, I just, from that point on, I could rejoice and I could just be grateful and be happy. And like, yes, even when she was born, we had a very scary um, labor and delivery situation happen. But like I had surrendered her to him. I knew she was his and God was going to do what God had planned for her life. And even now, like, I don't really struggle with that fear. And people keep saying to me, like, how's your mom anxiety? You know, how's the mama fears? And it's like, it's, it's a valid question, but I just like have to like say, like, I just keep surrendering her to him because whenever she surrendered to him, I can actually be free to be the best mom I can be not living in so much fear. And of course you're going to have natural fears, but I'm talking about the irrational what ifs, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, it was a really good lesson to learn before she even came into the world. I love it. I love it. Okay. So since we're talking about being fearless, if you could do one thing in your, in your world, in your life, um, and fear wasn't an obstacle, like what would it be? Wow. That is a great question. Um, you know, I was actually, I wrote about this in the book about how there was a time in my life where I kind of asked myself this question and I was like, what would I do if I wasn't afraid? And I started doing it. And like, I did funny things like, you know, go skydiving. And like, that was just silly, but it was like, it was something I was scared of. And I thought that would be cool. So I did it. And then I did stuff like going and talk to the person that like, I knew I needed to talk to, but I was scared to, or I did stuff like, you know, getting into a business decision that I thought would be good for the ministry, like just stuff like that, you know? Um, and it was such a good time in my life. And I remember, um, somebody said this to me, they said, what if instead of living like, um, our, what if instead of living life, like it was our last day, we lived it like it was our first day. And the reason why is because like, if you live life, like it's your last day, you know, you'll, you'll do good things, but your first day, like if you like first walk upon something, like your first day of marriage, you're like, oh my gosh, like I'm married. This is so fun. I love you. Ah, like you're like excited about everything. You're like, and the girl said it like this, you'd be doing the dishes and you're like, oh, it's our first time to do dishes married. Like even like the unexciting things seem exciting. And I want to live my life like that every single day and so if I was not afraid to do something gosh you know I have to say not that I'm doing everything that I I mean this might sound bad but I really do feel like I have overcome so many fears and I'm doing Mm. the things now that used to terrify me so I kind of feel like I'm doing it in a sense um like speaking and writing and you know even doing a we just started a vlog and I think people might not even think that would be scary for me because you're like you're always on camera but that's scary for me I'm like that actually something that intimidates me to let people into more of our private life when it already scares me that people know a lot about our life and we just started it and I have to tell myself like the reason why we did that, even though I was afraid, is because Christian, I strongly believe that like if TV is not going to set good examples for a godly family, then we can and we can use our platform to do that. And so we'll do that on YouTube and we'll do that on Instagram and we'll do that on Twitter and Facebook and we'll do that on our podcast. And so um, it's a way for us to do what we feel called to do and set an example for a godly marriage and a godly um, family, not perfect, but godly and center our values on Jesus. And so that actually really scared me and we just did it. So I feel like I'm daily trying to conquer those fears and say yes to the things that are pretty terrifying. You are literally living out the message of live on purpose. And I am so proud to know you. I'm honored to know you. I want to let you know, I am older than you, but I learned so much from you. And the thing, one of my favorite things about you is that it's not just about Sadie. You may inroads for other people, for other people to play and to learn and you advocate and you're an inviter and your table doesn't get tighter. Your table gets longer. And I'm grateful. I'm grateful for what you're doing. 
I mean, even, even in a couple of weeks, you are part of this group of people that are gathering just to love on other women that are spreading the good news of Jesus and are doing influential things. And this isn't something that you talk about. It's not something you pontificate about. It's not something you write about. You're actually living it out. You are living on purpose. And so I co-sign on the message of your, your life. I co-sign on this book and I can't wait for five lucky winners to get live on purpose. This 100, 100 day devotional straight on Amazon to them. Yes, the publisher will give me books, but I just say, no, 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 no. We need to boost some Amazon sales Ah, and leave positive reviews, five-star only. And that's so sweet. No, I love it. I love it. What you're doing is you're putting uh, the word of God into the hands of people. And I'm grateful Mm -hmm. for you. I love your life. I love watching your family grow. And I'm so grateful. Okay. Before we close out, give us, give us some tea. I want to close up with a little bit of tea. What, uh, what what projects, what projects are you uh, working on or things that you're dreaming about in the upcoming future. So great. All right. Let's see if I got any tea to spill. Well, actually you did mention the vlog. You did mention the vlog. I did start the vlog. Yes. And that's on Monday, every other Monday on our YouTube channel, which I'm stoked about, but actually I have this book that just came out. And I also wrote another book that I have coming out in February that I'm very, very excited about. It's called, who are you following? I wrote it at the end of my pregnancy with honey. And at the beginning of her life, I can't even believe that that happened. That was the Lord, but I just felt like it was a really now message. And it's about how to follow Jesus in a social media obsessed culture. And I'm very excited about that. So Ooh, girl, I, will you come back on I'll, the podcast girl, I'm coming. Talk about that message? <gasps> I am coming. Yes. I would love that. Okay. Yeah, I would love that. So I'm excited uh, for that. There's, there's the tea. I love it. I love it. Sadie, I love you. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your life. Um, I'm honored to know you. Thanks, Fred. I love you too. Love you. so great. Well, friends, this is the part where I get to live out my Oprah Winfrey dreams and give presents away. Books are like babies to me, so get ready for some cute kids. But listen to this. Sadie's publicist was on the call, and when she heard I was going to give away five books, she jumped in and met my offer. Natividad from HarperCollins is is going to give away, is going to meet my five and give away. So we have a total of 10. I love it. I love it. I love it. Love it. So instead of five lucky winners, it's actually 10 lucky winners who will get a copy of Sadie's devotional book, Live on Purpose. All you have to do is post on social media where you're listening or what you learned in this podcast and tag at legit Sadie Rob. And Sadie is spelled S-A-D-I-E. That's at legit Sadie Rob and at Bianca Olta to win your very own copy of this little gym. Thanks for joining in on another season of We're Going There. There's big things in store and it would mean the world to me if you shared this podcast with your friends or left a loving review of the show. This will help the show go further, faster, and farther. I can't wait to chat next week.